I should not be eating pretzels yeah, while I do this. What the fuck are you doing eating while we're recording? Who are this is this is literally your fourth or fifth rodeo. <laughs> Different that's a podcasting. Our apologies. We are told that last episode the network did not appreciate the wildly inappropriate gesticulations during our retelling of the OJ Simpson trial. Welcome to Thank you so much. It's great to be on. We're happy to have you. Uh, where, Where are you coming from today? My parents' basement. Nice! Okay, you have one minute to guess as many of these movies as you possibly can. Okay, are I'm you ready. ready? Two women hold hands while on vacation. Thelma and Louise. Canyon. Boom! Sigourney Weaver meets her new neighbors. Alien. Yes! Fish. Uh, Finding Nemo. Boom! Eddie Murphy watches a woman cross-dress. Mulan. <laughs> a white woman and her Karen Terrier get away with murder. Uh, the Wizard of Oz. Boom! A boy invests and nearly ruins parents' marriage. Oh, no. Actually, I don't know what that one is either. We'll come back to that. Uh, after starting fresh with new short friends, woman is assaulted in her sleep. Oh, uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. There it is. Woman with abusive family turns to Oh, wait, wait, writers. wait. Back Back to the Future is the one from earlier. Oh, shit, you're right. Oh, man, boy invest nearly ruins parents' marriages. Back to the Future, you're so right. Um, 1960s coming-of-age tale as a man takes over the family business. The Godfather. Boom. Man obsessed with sled. Uh, oh, uh, Rosebud, uh, the fucking yellow journalism... It's fucking uh, King, on, you know Citizen Kane. Boom! That's our show. So, um, recently, in fact, while we were in New Zealand, you told me that the movie Contact with Jodie Foster um, was really significant to you. So, remind me its significance to you. Okay. Oh my God, I'm already so fucking excited. Pretty much the only part of that movie that I remember, pretty much the pretty much the only part of Contact starring Jodie Foster that I remember is there's this whole thing of time being different when you when you're um, in the other place when you're with the aliens when you hear the static, the recording that comes back when she's on her mission, it comes back as a recording of static. And they're like, that's not what's strange. It's that it recorded 18 hours of static, indicating that time passes differently on Earth than it did in the dimension that she was in. And I've I've since become very uh, obsessed with time. Also, it's cool because the it ended up you and I ended up talking about uh, how in the 70s or something I don't remember when the we received a, a signal from space that was static, and we never never figured out what it was. Get, I just get all riled up. But no, I don't know anything about the people who wrote the movie. Okay. Um, well, their names are Andrienne and Carl Sagan. Oh, well, I know, know fucking, I know Carl Sagan. Okay. I didn't know he was a writer on the movie. Yeah, he... Holy shit. He was one of the two writers of the screenplay. Oh my um, God. That's legit. Tell me what you know about Carl Sagan. That he's a badass. That he's a... a um, uh, astrophysicist, right? Or that was, was, uh, he hosted the original, 
um, series Cosmos, and he was all about making science uh, understandable for mankind. He was anti-religion, pro-science, just like a very badass, knowledgeable dude who made huge changes in the ways that we study astrophysics. Absolutely. Um, uh, well, I'll chime in to say he wasn't anti-religion because he was also anti-atheist. He was anti-steadfast mm. belief with no evidence. So oh. religion, he's like, nope. Atheism, nope. Agnosticism was... is the only true belief here because you can't prove or disprove God. That Interesting. Was... Okay. Um, I stand corrected. That makes sense. Well, Cosmos, uh, Anne was also involved in the making of Cosmos, the original, and also the one with Neil deGrasse Tyson. So she's also a badass. Also a badass. Is she also an astrophysicist? Um, no. However, she is very much embedded in um, the hunt for extraterrestrial life and seeking out contact with them. She was heavily involved in SETI, friends with Frank Drake, and she was um, she was the creative director of the Voyager uh, Golden Records project, which um, on, on the two Voyagers that went out, each one had a aluminum plated in gold record with a recording of uh, what oh, was yes. meant, meant to be representative of all humanity and the planet. Right, which is a, a, a hilarious that we think that any one piece of art could encompass that, but sure. Well, they, they tried to put so many on there. And that's actually, uh, so the story I have for you is how this project brought them together romantically. Because before oh. that, yeah. Oh, it's before sorry. Love, but love and science, love between scientists. Yeah, oh it's, it's nerd love. Nerd love. Um, before this, they were colleagues and friends, and mm -hmm. during this project, in just one phone call, their whole relationship shifted. But before we get into that, I want to go. I've limited myself in terms of tangents, but okay. I have to go on this tangent regarding <laughs> my looking into Carl Sagan's past. Okay. First of all, thank you for the disclaimer. Second of all, that was a really good teaser. Good thank job. You. That was thank a really you. good, that was a really good, I'm, I'm now, I'm now going to hang in there because I want to know about this phone call. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, they started the phone call as platonic friends. They ended it engaged. Holy shit. Yeah. Okay. What a fucking teaser. Well, go on your little mini diatribe so we can get to that. Okay. So uh, my favorite fact I turned up about Carl Sagan is that he worked with uh, Gerard Kuiper, the guy the Kuiper belt is named after, that ring of asteroids, icy asteroids between Neptune and Pluto, just a whole bunch of rocks with ice on them, named after the scientist he worked with on Project a119 which ah, was yes 
Yeah. No, I don't. I don't. Uh, so Project A119 was a top secret Air Force program devising a mission to detonate a nuclear warhead on the surface of the moon. The year was 1958, and the Soviet Union was working on also a top secret project to detonate a nuclear weapon on the surface of the moon. Do you see me shaking my head right now? I'll give you one guess as to what I'm shaking my head about. The nukes on the moon? It's humans. It's human beings. What is the need to... I just... Humans make me... Anyway... Please continue. I just don't. That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. That's right. the dumbest, like, dick measuring contest for adults. Yeah. Well, that's so like of all the, the places that resources and money could be going and man and pe- manpower and woman power of people that smart to be wasting it on that. Yeah. Well, I mean, the U.S. government wanted it as a PR stunt and a demonstration of military might. But the scientists, Kuiper and Sagan, were interested in researching, they know the exact amount of energy that would be released by the bomb, and they then study the moon's orbit. They could learn about gravity. Um, and but that's, wouldn't that affect the way it orbited, and then couldn't that possibly affect us negatively? <laughs> yeah. That just seems stupid. Why would you bomb something that next door? <laughs> that's, that's one of the many reasons that this project was canceled. Thank uh, goodness. <laughs> they were afraid the rocket would fail and the nuclear warhead would go off as the lo- rocket was launching. Which they is were, what we would deserve. They were worried <laughs> that if we ever colonized the moon, there would be nuclear fallout. And they Which didn't... we would also deserve <laughs> from trying to colonize the moon. So, so uh, ultimately, project is canceled and it's Blessed. denied by the U.S. government. However... The public learned about its existence when Carl Sagan's biographer discovered Project A-119's top secret name and research details in his scholarship application to UC Berkeley. Wow. And And, and I, wow. And the government was like, no, this never happened. And another researcher who was on the team was like, come on, Cold War's over. This happened. This happened. That's amazing. That's hilarious that the government insisted that something didn't happen. And this dude had the fucking gall to put it in his college application essay. (laughs) I can't imagine giving that few of fucks, but I I hope to one day. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he had top secret clearance at the time and he's just like, you know what I should do with this? Get a scholarship. Yeah, give me that money. Um, <laughs> I well, can be bought. <laughs> so on to their romance? Yes, please. Okay. Uh, I first learned about this when Radiolab did a Valentine's Day special on it. Oh, cute. It was also covered by Drunk History. Also and in cute. 2015, Warner Brothers announced that they would be creating a biopic of Sagan centered on Carl and Annie's explosive romance during the Voyager project. Okay. Um, and let's see. Voyager. So if you haven't seen any of those things, here's this version. Yeah, here's this version. <laughs> uh, well, there's something... There's something that was left out 
of mm. the Radiolab account, they like cropped one person out of the picture who really needs to be there. What about the drunk history? Uh, the drunk history focuses more on the records. Okay. And I mean, it talks about Anne, like, so Anne has this thing where she meditates on her love for Carl with an EKG machine hooked up to her head, hoping that aliens will be able to read her brainwaves. Um, that's amazing. Also, I think that's kind of beautiful that she wanted to show aliens what love looked like with her brainwaves. Yeah. Like, that's that's really beautiful. <laughs> she's, she's still alive um, and involved in the upcoming making of this biopic. Uh, oh, good. And you, really, uh, I can send you the link so you can tune in and Please. hear her tell this story. Cause, yes, you I know, would love that. I won't do the same justice that she does. Not with that attitude. <laughs> the Voyager project included on the two probes that went out gold-plated records designed to survive space travel without sound degradation, degradation mm -hmm. for a billion years. Uh, these records were meant to be a message from all of humanity to a spacefaring civilization that might encounter them hundreds of millions of years in the future. And I feel as though the romance and optimism of the Voyager project is best illustrated by Jimmy Carter's letter which was included in the vessel. And it reads, This Voyager spacecraft was constructed by the United States of America. We are a community of 240 million human beings among the more than 4 billion who inhabit the planet Earth. We human beings are still divided into nation states, but these states are rapidly becoming a single global civilization. Uh. We cast this message into the cosmos. It is likely to survive a billion years into our future when our civilization is profoundly altered and the surface of the earth may be vastly changed. Of the 200 billion stars in the Milky Way galaxy, some perhaps many, may have inhabited planets and spacefaring civilizations. If one such civilization intercepts Voyager and can understand these recorded contents, here is our message. This is a present from a small distant world, a token of our sounds, our science, our images, our music, our thoughts, and our feelings. We are attempting to survive our time so that m we may live into yours. We hope someday, having solved the problems we face, to join a community of galactic civilizations. This record represents our hope and our determination and our goodwill in a vast and awesome universe. Wow. Yeah. That makes us sound way better than we are. Yeah. Well, so this is... I. I what I really like about this project is the the whole optimism behind it. Like Jimmy Carter says with such certainty, the whole world is going to unite as a global human family. And he sees it as an inexorable march of history towards right. that. I I I don't I don't share that optimism with, with the old Jimbo. 
Well, well, here we are 43 years later saying, yo, it didn't happen. Right. The, We're actually farther from it in, in many ways. <laughs> but at the time, you know, at, at the time, this was the sort of thinking that was going on at NASA. And so that's the backdrop to the romance that blossomed between Anne and Carl. Okay, so she and Carl Sagan are traveling the world searching for what recordings best represent humanity and our planet. And they're calling each other daily, having conversations about this. Um, <clears throat> and they had been friends and colleagues for three years up until one phone call in June that completely changed their relationship. One day while Anne was researching Chinese classical music to include on the record, she called Sagan's hotel and left a message. An hour later, she got a call back from Sagan who said, I got this voice message that said, Annie called. And I asked myself, why didn't you leave me this message 10 years ago? Anne says that her heart skipped a beat and she asked, you mean for keeps? And he asked, do you mean you want to get married? And she said, yes. And they hung up. And she was like screaming joyously when moments later the phone rings again. And she's like, oh, shit. And she picks up the phone and Carl Sagan had called back to say, did that really happen? Are we getting married? And Anne what? said yes. And about a month or two later, Voyager took off. Two days after that, they announced their engagement and they were together in business, science, and love until his death in 1996. That is so beautiful. Wait, what is the voicemail that she left him? That he asked, would you leave this 10, why didn't you leave this 10 years ago? Yeah, she simply left the message Annie called. Oh, that's all she said? Yeah, like, hey, hey, I missed you, call me back. <laughs> Super That's romantic. So beautiful, yeah. Oh. Here's the person who is cropped out of the picture by Radiolab and by me up until now. Carl Sagan was married to Linda Saltzman Sagan during that conversation. Oi! Linda was working with the two of them on the Voyager project. They were all co-workers. Oh, this suddenly became slightly less beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, no. It became slightly oh, no, less it's beautiful. Complicated. It's, <laughs> yes, it's complicated, but I, I, I like it because it's still beautiful. And also, they announced their engagement four years before Carl and Linda got divorced and Carl and Anne Annie got married. So it's clear that already, you know, maybe there was already a separation by the time that yeah. they had their romance. That's kind of unclear. But I think like the the part of the story I was missing from Radiolab is like, why didn't you leave me this message 10 years ago? Subtext before he married his second wife and co-worker. <sighs> oh, Carl. Wait, how long have they been married at that point? 
him and his second wife? Yeah, like t- exactly 10 years, because that would be a fucked thing to say if that were the case. <laughs> or like they'd been married for nine years. He's like, yeah, why like didn't you call me right before I eight, put a ring on this chick? Yeah, like eight or so. Oh, oh, that. Mm. But so he did end up getting, he and Anne did end up getting married? They did, and yeah. was that, was she his final wife? Yeah. Before? Yeah. Third so, time's the charm. Third time's the charm. Well, uh, so they, in this order, right, they launched Voyager 1. They announced their engagement. They make the second gold record that includes Annie's meditations on her love for Carl. Mm-hmm. They launched that second one out into space. They, they co-create the show Cosmos. Carl divorces Linda and marries Anne the same year. Oh, wow. Um, That's a lot. (laughs) They go to protest nuclear weapons together. Back to cute. Pretty cute. She gets arrested. He doesn't. I think Um, we all probably know why that is. We won't unpack it. They have two asteroids named after them that orbit the sun at the same rate in wedding band orbit because they're perfectly synchronized oh, as they go around the sun. that's cute. That's like really nerdy, adorable. Like yeah. that is yeah. like next level dork and really cute. Yeah. Um, so that's, those are the people who wrote Contact. Oh, here's, here's, sorry, last thing, last thing. Okay, so Contact is a story about this uh, SETI scientist who's struggling to get funding for her search to send messages to aliens. For the search for extraterrestrial intelligence. Yep. Hence the name. While they're writing this, they, like, Carl is president of SETI and struggling to get funding for SETI. So it's like... (laughs) Jodie Foster played Carl Sagan? Why is no one talking about this? (laughs) (laughs) Well, she she played a character written by Carl Sagan, which is almost like perfectly propagandistic towards his... The organization that he was running at the time? Yes, exactly. I need to rewatch this movie. Me too. Was there was there no one else involved in the writing? It was just the two of them because neither of them are screenwriters. Like there must have been someone who like. No, they're both edited. screenwriters. They wrote Cosmos together. Yeah, Cosmos isn't narrative necessarily. I mean, I I can see what you're saying, but you know what I mean. Like they're different stru- story structures. Anyway, I got to rewatch co- um, Contact. That's fucking dope. Yeah. So they they wrote Contact in eighty something. Pitched it. It wasn't taken on as a movie. Uh, Carl Sagan repackaged it as a book and sold it under his name as a book. Bestsellers list. He dies. The movie comes out. Oh, wow. That sucks. I didn't get to see it made. That's showbiz. (laughs) That's showbiz. Sometimes you die. This month's episode brought to you by Screaming Into the Void. So, here I was looking for another topic for this month. <laughs> this is I was already like, great. I, 
I was planning on doing something that I won't mention because it's probably going to be what I do next month. But here I was thinking, I can't do another animal. I've done animals every month except for last month when I did the Gulabi gang. And then I found out about the grasshopper mouse. And I said to myself, we're going to talk about the grasshopper mouse. Sorry, everyone. I'm not actually sorry at all. We're going back to basics. I'm going to talk about a fucking rodent. <laughs> Do you know about the grasshopper mouse? Um, is it from the continent Africa? No. Then I there don't is. know about it. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you... you about a mouse soon. Don't okay. you look it up. I won't. I think if I, I'm already doing animals almost every month, I can't do a, two mice in a row. Just okay. I, I won't look up any African mice. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> anytime. So, <clears throat> once you, once you hear about this guy, you'll understand why I, why we need, why you needed to find out about him. Basically. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the grasshopper mouse is also known as the scorpion mouse. It's metal as fuck. And before we get into why, let me paint a picture for you of this individual. They're nocturnal. They're commonly found in the Southwest US and Mexico. They're always under seven inches in length, so they're not too big. They're described as small, robust, and monogamous. And I am personally two of those things. And monogamous is not one of them. Anyway, despite their low density populations, the conservation status of the southern grasshopper mouse is not endangered, not even threatened, but of least concern. That is a quote. Can you imagine like how fucking rude for your existence to be deemed like of least concern? Compared to other mammals, they maintain a specific place of residency for longer periods of time. I don't know why I found that kind of interesting. They eat anthropods primarily, such as beetles. Sometimes they eat other species of mice, which is kind of insane to me. And in studies with lab rats, they were found, or lab mice, um, I hope that's not racist, they were found to, the grasshopper mouse was found to uh, uh, sometimes aggressively attack and kill and eat the lab mice, which is bonkers and what's even more bonkers and the reason i wanted to talk about these guys is because they routinely kill and eat arizona bark scorpions so we're going to unpack that because the venom of this type of scorpion for context is enough to kill a small child and even though the southern grasshopper mouse does in fact appear to be capable of experiencing pain researchers found that this little dude has a neural mechanism that blocks the sending of pain messages to the brain, specifically while feeding on these scorpions, even when being stung repeatedly in the fucking face. So not only are they're they just like, I'm to numb to it. I've become so, so numb as I am a mouse. Not only are they immune to the venom, <laughs> it, it, are we, do we need to stay there for a moment? No, 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 no. no keep going. On, no, Not yeah, only yeah, yeah. Are, are they immune to the venom, but it acts as a painkiller to other stimuli. So like, and you can see videos of this on YouTube. This mouse will just fucking go in on this scorpion 
and the scorpion will be fucking stinging it in the goddamn face. And this mouse mouse doesn't feel anything, but it feels pain with, with other, with like literally anything else. So it's this very specific way that it's evolved. Isn't that insane? That's very cool. It's so cool. And here is the best part. Lastly, but not leastly, in order to defend its territory, the grasshopper mouse is known to howl. What the fuck does that sound like, you may ask? Your face is asking that for certain. Here is what on earth that sounds like. I'm going to play it for you. Those are all a mouse howling. <laughs> wow. It just sounds like a screech. Yeah. <laughs> and there, but if you look, if you watch the video of this guy, they're so into it and they look like they think they're wolves. They're like, Meh! but they're just not Tiny. scaring anyone, but they just killed a scorpion. So they'll literally kill a scorpion and then be like, <laughs> at the moon. It's it's so metal, and it would be more metal if they weren't so goddamn adorable. I, <laughs> I think that makes it more metal. Arguably more metal, yeah, because you don't see it coming. You're like, this is just a mouse. No, this is a cannibalistic, we... moon-howling, scorpion-face-stinging mouse. What if we slowed down its screech so that it's in a lower <sighs> register so that we can perceive it like maybe... The way that they're intending. We could try. Yeah, so then we can be like, uh, the grasshopper mouse be like, but it thinks that it be like. Maybe the it thinks it be like is just the MGM lion. (laughs) 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 They think they're very scary. Yeah. Yeah. And there are also, there are some, you can, if you get really into it, there are some discrepancies between like, there are some gender discrepancies with how violent they are. Um, what do you mean? Like, if I remember correctly, the females are slightly more violent than the males. Also, I see you eating that pretzel. <laughs> you can't hide it from anyone. <laughs> So yeah, that's the grasshopper mouse. Nice. <laughs> there's the northern grasshopper mouse. There's the southern grasshopper mouse, but they they seem pretty dif- pretty pretty similar in their behavior. So, and they're all in Arizona. It's New like Mexico. Utah, New Mexico, Mexico, that whole. So I should the, reach the whole out. Area where it's like, why did anyone even bother drawing state lines? These are all the same. <laughs> that's some fucking gerrymandering shit. <laughs> Just kidding, it was colonization. I'm on a roll. What were you about to say? Who should you reach out to? You pretzel eating motherfucker. Ladies and gentlemen, we recorded a fantastic interview with bill clinton it's the first interview he's done in a while unfortunately we had an issue with his contract um there were some legal ramifications 
So as a result, all we can play for you is the sound of Bill Clinton realizing what he's done. Oh. No.